Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses, and our goal is to share our experience and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you like to join our business discord, sound, where we talk about wins, business problems, or general questions, shoot us a message and we will get you in there. Tyler, what's going on? Dude, first of all, before you talk, this feels amazing being in a room that doesn't have a bunch of echo. Oh, yeah? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you're in a pretty nice big room you got there. Oh, yeah. So much room for activities. Um, <laughs> put my arm up on the couch. I'm more comfortable. This yeah. is nice. You look like you're chilling there. Yeah. I think we could do a four-hour episode here. I'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you look like you're about to take a nap. I don't know what we do for four hours, but we can figure something we'll just out. stare at each other. Yeah. Just a full business deep dive, go into everything. I like it. It'd be like a, uh, what do they do? Uh, the telethons. It'd be like one of those. I don't know what that is, but sure. They sell a bunch of stuff on TV and you call in and buy it. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a hoot. Yeah, we could do one for four hours. I don't know what we'd sell. Probably our Discord page. (laughs) (laughs) Probably take us four hours to make a sale. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Tyler, what's going on with you? What's new since the last time we've spoke? I was... Oh, my stuff's way over here. But I I was just thinking that today... So today I got off from quote-unquote work... And I feel like I haven't done anything and I am not going to be able to get everything that I want done today that I have so much stuff that I want to get done. And I've been trying to just like push through everything and, but, and it just seems like I don't, I didn't get anything done and I haven't done anything, but yeah, I'm filming a video right now for YouTube of what I eat in a week and just doing that along with like my day one videos it's just so much work to constantly film everything that you're doing document everything and just making sure that you're trying to capture everything so i've been doing a lot of that and that's taken up quite a bit of my time do you think you're giving yourself too many tasks and that's why you're not getting things done or do you think they're ample amount well this morning i started out i went to the bank and then the grocery store and then the other bank and then went to my sister's and then I came back home and then I basically started my day. But it's like, I think it's just my standards and like when my day's off, like I did give myself quite a bit of stuff that I want to do today. So I got, I, I got to film my daily video. It's, it's just going to be the audio. And then I also want to film another, uh, Movember update video that I want to get done today. And then I did, I did film another one of my long form videos when I bring (laughs) when I just film myself doing a long workout on the bike so I just did that as well so I guess I I am doing a bit but I want to be able to get it done and I think I might be able to like I got like after this I'm gonna have about three and a half hours left minus dinner so I got about three hours to do all that um I, I might be able to get it in it's just completely crunched with time and it's just trying to go 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 and that's the one thing with Ironman training is it's a big time commitment and that's one thing that took up a lot of my time today and I actually slept in too (laughs) oh what did you sleep until like five (laughs) pretty much (laughs) 450 I I woke up at 230 and I'm like okay I'm not getting up at 230 and then I went back to sleep and usually I would wake up again around 334 that's what I was thinking and then I wake up and I'm like, hmm. I look at my clock, 4.50. I'm like, wow, that's a first. Because like my, before my sleeping in was like 4 o'clock. Now, now yep. today I hit a new record. <laughs> 5 o'clock, not bad. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I hate when that happens when you're like, oh, I can get all this done. And usually when I do it, it's uh, I'm gung-ho the day before when it's like, oh, I'll get these five things right. done. And then it's like, well, this whole project has taken half the day. So you feel a little bit down about it, but the more I go through it and the more I like try to schedule like what I'm going to do in the day, I have a better grasp on how much is actually achievable in the allotted time I have. Yeah. I I also had another meeting come up. It w- was in the books, but not officially. And I, I kind of forgot about it. And then like I was driving home and then I was like 11 o'clock. I'm like, 
oh, that was supposed to be right now. And then he called me at 1103. He's like, so we're going to meet. And I'm like, yeah, you never sent me a confirmation text about that, but I'll be home in about 10, 15 minutes and then we can chat. And then he's like, yeah, it should take no longer than five minutes. And then we chatted. It was like 10 minutes, but then he called me back after. So I, I was meeting with the business partner and this is one of my other updates is talking with the guy I met in Tampa. And it seems like that might actually do have steam and take off a little bit because he seems pretty good at sales and connecting with people. And the one guy that I've set up Google ads for that might just be commission based, but he's talking with another guy that might be actually project based. So we might just get an actual paycheck for running it for him. So that might be a good partnership with him. Yeah, it's good. Forward. Clients are rolling, Bro. right? Does it feel like it's rolling? Yeah. A bit. Somewhat, not really. I don't know because another one of my updates is Mike's just kind of hit a, hit a wall and I emailed him yesterday and I was just, that's that was one thing. I was like, I need to email him to see what's going on because last I heard was, hey, we should probably meet. And then I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. And then he hasn't said anything since. So I was like, okay, I got to check back in with him, see what's what's going on. And he's like, yeah, I got a little busy. We can maybe meet tomorrow, I'm not sure, or Friday. And then I was like, cool, cool sounds good. Just let me know. So, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it seems like it was probably about two to three weeks ago where I felt overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I was I had going on. And then all of a sudden, I it's like I had nothing. And then I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with my time now. <laughs> Isn't it funny how it changes? Like, you're like, oh, my right. God, I'm never going to get this done. That was kind of me today. Yesterday, I think I edited for 12 hours just sitting wow. on my computer. And, like, that's a lot. But that's the fun. deadline for the project was literally this morning. So I finished mm -hmm. it. And now today I had, like, menial tasks I had to get done here and there. And I'm like, this is the easiest day I've had in forever. <laughs> but it was literally just recency bias because the previous day I was staring at a computer screen. I couldn't leave because I'm like, this has to get done. Yeah. It's crazy how those it just fluctuates all the time. It's like you could be so busy one day and then all of a sudden you got nothing the next day. Yeah. Maybe not nothing, but it's like nothing compared to what you were just at. Yeah. But I think that just goes into it raises your standards because five years ago, what you do now, you could probably never imagine what doing that in like a day or a week or a month. But now you're doing it and you're like, oh, this is nothing. Like you get used to it and then that becomes your new normal. And then in five years, you're probably going to be even farther ahead so it's yeah. just your new normal and your new pace that you're able to operate at yeah the uh, the other update i don't even think i have this on my list here but um uh i started using asana again this week which i've i've always had oh, yeah. it for like my client management and stuff like that and i was using it here and there but i religiously went back into it and now that i'm using it, i'm like why did i ever like stop i didn't intentionally be like i'm gonna stop asana but i just forgot to check it um, and now that I'm using again, I'm like, man, it feels like I can get so much done during the day, especially I, I switched one thing on the Asana date to put on due dates of when I want these things to be accomplished. Even if it's something small, like, you know, send the agreement or a follow-up email I have on there. And when you have it on there and it's green and it says today, you can just check them mm -hmm. off like that. Um, and it's mm -hmm. nice because it keeps you organized and then you realize, yeah, I have to edit this project, but I have it on Asana to edit it next Monday. So you're not worried about, oh, do I need to get it done now? Nope, you got it on there. You know when everything's due, when all the things are actually going to take place. And then your day just goes by a little bit more smooth because before I'm like, what am I doing? I was constantly checking client updates. I'm like, where am I at on this project? But now they just update. I'm like, I don't have to do that today. So it, it, it makes your day a little bit uh, less stressful per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I started using it a lot for all my personal stuff with, say, YouTube. And I, I did input all the client stuff in there as well. But I, I'm i not as religious with it. I actually did just create a couple of recur recurring tasks for to check up on Google Ads and stuff like that. Because I think without that, I might not ever really as ch check up as much as I should. So I did create a couple of those. But yeah... It, it does really help a lot with those project management and it gets it off your brain and onto something else. So your brain doesn't have to continually remember it. And then it, you're thinking, Oh, did I forget about this? Oh, did I forget about that? Oh, what do I have to do today? And then you're just able to easily check Asana and be like, Oh, there it is. Okay. That's yeah already in there. I don't need to worry about it. That's when it's got to get done or this is what I got to do. It, it does really help a lot. I do like Asana. Yeah. It's awesome. Especially with the client communications, 
now that before it's like, oh, yeah, I probably maybe should have emailed them and said, hey, uh, we're fuzzy here. Hey, we're uh, editing your video. It's in the editing bay. Just to give you an update. Whereas before I might have let a couple of those slip through the cracks past month, month and a half or so. But now that it's on there, it literally takes two seconds. Send it out. So, yeah, it's been awesome. If you guys don't use Asana, check it out. Have you tried Monday? Uh, I downloaded Monday actually before I downloaded Asana. And I just, it was a little bit clunkier. Asana's interface was a little bit better for me. Um, but I know okay. a lot of people use Monday.com and they're super similar. So I think it's kind of whatever right. people prefer. Have you used it? Yeah. I tried it out and I think I'm just so used to Asana. I know how to use it and I just use it for like the bare minimum stuff and Asana gets the job done perfectly. So I think I'm just used to Asana. Yeah, I'm excited for when I actually have like team members and then you can just add a member and then you can assign it to them. Because uh, right now when I assign the tasks, every single task is me. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, yeah. but yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, it's good to keep you in the loop of knowing what to do. Oh, 100%. Uh, last update I got for us here is I had a conversation this morning uh, with Matt from Bismarck about the transition process we're going through. Really good conversation. Uh, we're, we have another conversation on Monday. Uh, so when you guys are listening to this, It'll probably be happening if you're listening to it at 10 a.m. Central. Um, but we have another conversation to discuss 2024 moving forward, how we can structure ourselves a little bit better and how we can be a little bit more seamless in the collaboration process here. Uh, I think 2023, it worked, but we are more so figuring out how to work together rather than the transition of him pushing some of these clients to me so he can focus on these bigger projects that he has. So I'm excited for that conversation Monday. Uh, and that kind of leads us into our topic, which we're not going to go into now because we got a news story, but that update is what brought this episode title on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said he's going to be, he's still going to be working for you, right? But it's more of like a sales rep. Is that what he, or no, a producer? Yeah, he's doing, he's doing a lot of the, uh, producing and sales end of things. So not like he's going out there and cold calling people, but when, when clients, we go into sales meetings and they're wanting this, that, the other thing, he's going to work on actually selling the project for a higher ticket value. Not that I can't do that, but uh, we did one sales meeting together and I think it went really well. Um, It just makes us seem more professional on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, Whereas he goes in with two people, I go in with two people Uh, And it just feels a lot better for the client. So that project that we actually worked on together from the start to the finish, uh, the client is super happy about it. Um, Probably one of the best projects I've worked on this year. Uh, And it it went really well and they want to do more work. So I think just if we can implement that a little bit more, which is one of the talking points we have on the meeting agenda for Monday, it's going to just make my business better, his business better. And I think that transition is going to fall together a little bit easier. Nice. That's solid. It's so with the transition that you're doing, are you just like absorbing his business and then he's becoming an employee of your business? Uh, not really. Um, so we'll, t- we'll talk about the, the structure a little bit before we get into it. Let's do the news okay. story and then we can talk about it. Cause I kind of have some notes on it. Um, but you guys, if you want to hear the answer to Tyler's question, stick around <laughs> like 14 minutes from now. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. Cause that's what our episode is going to be on is, uh, growth opportunities and absorbing or purchasing businesses. Uh, and we can talk about our experiences and our thoughts on that. Uh, but before we do that news story this week, Tyler, give us a rundown. What are we we're talking about? Exciting one. <laughs> so basically Bob Iger just talked about them transitioning their movies to be more focused on the messaging as a, not or not as focused on the messaging because that's what it seems like a lot of their movies have been recently. It's just trying to force a narrative down our throats and people are fed up with it and they don't want to have any of that shit shoved down their throats anymore. So obviously movies are slumping because of it, because people don't like it. And what he's basically saying is that they're going to be focusing more on the quality, not going to be pumping out as many movies and we'll see if they actually do it, but maybe it'll be more subliminal compared to just bluntly putting a couple gay characters in it where they kiss on screen to try and push a narrative down people's throats that people are not enjoying. Because I know a lot of, I think it was Rob DeSantis or DeSantis and Ted Cruz in Florida, they weren't a fan of it, and I think they were getting a little bit of a 
match with with Disney and because there's just so much of this manipulation going on at Disney. But yeah, they're basically what he says is he, he gave the excuse that he wasn't there for a couple of years and that's what happened. But now he's back and he's like in the creative department and he's like, okay, buddy. But now what he's saying is we're going to not pump out as many movies and we're going to try and focus more on storytelling as opposed to the messaging, which is how it should be. Yeah, it 100% should be, and that's where it sucks when it gets into those narratives where it's pushing things. And not that me and Tyler are against those things. It's not like we hate gay people or hate other races, but when you force it just because it's a political agenda, that's when it gets a little bit, it's like, okay, why do we need to do that? I'm just trying to watch Ariel, and now there's a whole commotion about Ariel being black. You know, it's like <laughs> that didn't need to be a thing. Everyone was shocked, and obviously it's it, it got the world's attention, which I assume is what they were going for, but do we really need to do that? Like everyone growing up when Ariel was a white person, no one was like, that needs to be black, right? So, you know, create a new character uh, that's black. No one's going to be against that. No one's against anything that you do but when you're switching up things that everyone's used to just to be i don't know push a narrative like tyler said that's when it's like okay well what are we doing here yeah politically correct and then people start boycotting it it's kind of like when bud light uh made the can and everyone freaked out about it because they had uh evan mulvaney is that the name dylan dylan mulvaney uh freaked out so it's like we don't need to do that just for political purposes just do it in a more seamless way. You just go out and be like, okay, we're going to do it here. Disney, like, okay, let's create a show with a black hair. Moana, one of my favorite movies. She's not white. And that was a new black movie. Panther. And no one cared. Yeah, exactly. Black Panther. So it's like, yeah, you don't need to start sprinkling this into things everyone's used to and already buys and has. Just create it uh, something new. I don't know. That's my, that would be my advice. If I got in a room with Bob yeah. Iger. <laughs> You're a big storytelling guy or a big video guy. I feel like you should you should have a good grasp on this subject. Yeah, and I I remember listening to a podcast. Quentin Tarantino was on Joe Rogan's podcast years ago, and he Joe Rogan asked him, you know, why do you do the crazy things that you do in your movies? And if you guys have ever seen a Quentin Tarantino movie, you know that he does some crazy stuff. He's not afraid to say the n-word he's not afraid to uh you know stereotype people or stereotype women i think there was one movie when he like shot a woman in the back of the head and people were freaking out like oh my gosh i can't believe you shot this woman and it's like he pretty much said on the podcast i'm not i'm not gonna do something i'm doing it for the story I'm not going to not shoot a woman in the back of the head because it's a woman. If it makes the story better and gets the emotion I'm going for, I'll do it. And honestly, as crazy as that sounds, because Quentin Tarantino's a freak, I do agree with it. Didn't he make Django Unchained? Yeah, he did. Such a good movie. Oh, Django's awesome. All of Tarantino's movies, yeah. I, I like them all. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he does some stuff that's a little bit off the wall. And if you guys haven't listened to that episode... And I know a lot of people are anti Joe Rogan, but uh, it's really good where he just kind of talks about his creative process and storytelling. And I thought it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And it just goes back to a lot of this stuff where when you're pushing like a narrative, say with black people in it, like black leads or whatever it is, they basically just throw at you. If you don't watch this, you're racist because you don't want to watch something that's black led. And it's like, is it a good movie? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it then. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make me racist because it's not it's not good. Dude, I went to Black Panther. Make a good movie. And I was like, yeah, this is this is good. Um, yeah, I don't think people ever have any issues um, with those things coming out. It's just when you try to disrupt what needs to happen. You know, it's like if you were to have Batman come out and Batman was black. It's like, it doesn't really make sense. Bat- black- Batman's been white for 40 years and now he's black. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's the multiverse, man. Yeah. Black in this universe. Well, I know there was going to be a black Spider-Man, I mm-hmm. thought, they were talking about last movie. but well, Miles Morales kind of was. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I don't watch it, so I haven't seen it. but I haven't seen the new one. I heard the new one's pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I'll get off my soapbox now. Focus on the story. That's what people really care about, man. That's what people really care about. Don't, don't push shit down their throats. Yeah. Tell you got anything else on old Bobby I? Uh, I mean, 
don't 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 fall for this narrative and try to push shit down people's throats. Yeah, just focus on the story, man. Focus on the story. Uh, all right, so going back into what we were talking about just probably 10 minutes earlier uh, before we rambled on uh, Disney, but uh, we're going to be talking about unique growth opportunities, business opportunities. It's going to be pretty niche, uh, more so digesting the experience I'm going through, and then maybe uh, I got a couple questions for you, Tyler, on just your general thoughts. Neither of us have ever purchased a business or acquired a business, so we're not going to actually talk about that process. There's other podcasts you can find that will maybe talk about that. But Tyler, uh, when you go into a business, I don't think people think about actual growth. When you started your business, were you thinking about how big you can grow it? Obviously, you probably think about it on a very macro wide scale. But those first uh, few years that I was in business, I was just focusing on how do I get clients? And how do I make sure that the results are good? And how do I make sure that my process is seamless? So I think I'm on the other side with this. When I saw you write this out, I think this held me back a lot when I was starting out because I always wanted to start a business that would be like the next Facebook. And whenever I would think about it, I would just be like, okay, I could do that, but I don't see it growing to a multi-million dollar company. And then that eventually just led me to a lot of inaction and never taking action on anything. And then it got to the point where it's like, okay, I just need to do something. And then hearing the hearing different takes that what I do, what I do and start now doesn't have to be the business that I have in say 10, 15 years. It, it, I can always change it. So when I, I would say when I did start out, growth was on my mindset and how big I can make the company was one of the factors that ultimately led me to inaction on a broad scale though right like you were never thinking about like what are the intricate ways and strategies that i can grow this company yeah i never really thought about that i just thought about the actual vision of where i could take it yeah for sure because it's obviously everyone wants to build the next facebook but that's not entirely (laughs) possible for everybody or that would be i don't know what would a world be like where everybody could build a facebook (laughs) I've thought about that where is it even possible? Like what if every single person owns a business? Is it is that even possible? I wonder if that is possible. It's interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. I mean you'd have a grocery store owner. Some businesses would be better, some businesses would be dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I Barely suppose surviving. Well, not everyone would know. have the uh bandwidth to be a business owner i don't think well yeah which is not bad but some people you know like i don't know who knows yeah this is off topic though yeah sorry uh okay so getting back into it um so you did kind of that's interesting then so you you maybe went in with more of a growth mindset than i did i i think so and then eventually i just got to the point where i was like okay i just need to start and then I did have the ideas with new frame of what am I going to do to grow the business? Like, am I going to make, so I'm going to make the podcast. I'm going to make a YouTube channel. I'm going to blog. I'm going to build out web pages. I'm going to do all this stuff. And that was like my growth strategy. I, I was going to post on social media and obviously we know how that went, but that was my thoughts going into it on how I'm going to grow the business. So I did have the thoughts of growing it when I did go into it, not just how am I going to survive? <laughs> so do you, did you go into it with an exit plan then? Like, Hey, I want to get to X no. amount of dollars and then sell it. No. Do you it's think just, I want to yeah. start a business? I wonder if I, my assumption would be that most people don't No, I don't know if I would ever sell. It. I mean, maybe, but if I sold better creative media, I don't, what would I do after that? Yeah, I feel like there are some people that actually go out there and build businesses for the specific purpose of selling them. Because I know a lot of people are extremely good at bootstrapping businesses and then growing them and then selling them. And then they do it again. And then they grow and sell, grow and sell, grow and sell. So that's some of their business strategy. Yeah. Um, And I think you have to start it with that mindset because I've seen, I've got ads for like, this is how, take this course to learn how to start a business with an exit plan. I'm like, oh, I guess I never thought about selling it. Now, if someone offered me an outrageous amount of money, I probably would and then just do something else. I don't know what it would be, but 
Maybe a craps dealer. Call back the last episode, the traveling <laughs> craps crew. Start a new business. Yeah, wouldn't be the worst thing ever, man. It's underground, mm. just an underground casino. So when you started your business, you didn't have, you weren't thinking growth. I mean, I was thinking growth. You're just on, thinking survive on the macro scale. Like I was thinking, like, oh, it'd be cool if one day I have a big studio and I have like five, ten employees. But I never thought, like, what are what are the steps to get there? What do you have to, what kind of money do you have to make to get there? How many people do you need to get there? I never had that thought when I started. I'm just like, it was just like a fever dream. Like, okay, let's hopefully one day we can get there. But I was never like, here's the way I'm going to do it. Here are the growth opportunities I'm going to get. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't, you also started when, you, like, nothing against you. I think that's great that you started so young, but you also started pretty young where you, I think you had a lot of that blind confidence and you also didn't know a lot of stuff at the time. Yeah. Which just kind of picked it up as you went away. Yeah. It helped for sure. Um, I mean, the younger you could start, the better, cause then you have more time to just be successful. Yeah, if you start at, you know, if you start at 65, it's going to be a lot harder than starting at 18 cause you're losing 43 years, 47 years. Quick math. Well, I think, the difference would be you don't have as much time to grow because the one thing that the 18 year old has that the 65 year old has is they have time. So they have from 18 to 65 to grow the business where the 65 year old might only have from say 65 to 85. So there's a huge difference for that, that scale right there. So, but at the same time, that 65 year old has, I don't quick math, 42 years, <laughs> no, 47 years, 47 years yep. of experience and life experience on that 18 year old. So they could have been in business doing other stuff and learning and they have all this other expertise that this 18 year old doesn't have. So they're starting ahead of that person in a sense. Yeah. But at the same time, 18 year old has more time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the 18 year old could be 35 and then accumulate the experience that the 65 year old had has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's two way street. You can go uh, both ways. I don't think there's a right and a wrong way, um, but it does help having the time because I think that allows more time for growth opportunities to develop, especially, you know, what we're going to talk about my current situation. It's like it takes a while for those opportunities to kind of land in your lap where it's a lot on the relationship building, where if you're 65, you know, you got a lot less time to build those relationships and allow those growth opportunities to form. But at the same time, he might've been building those relationships for 47 years. Potentially. But imagine a guy that's working at a grocery <laughs> store for 40 years and he's like, I'm going to start a business. That's kind of where we're at. You know, with the 18 and the 65 year old going with the same knowledge. But if, if a CFO leaves a company at 65 and starts one, that's a different story. Meet a lot of people at the grocery store. You do. I don't know Depends how, how many, talkative you are. I don't know how many uh, in-depth conversations you're having at the checkout line, but I know some people love talking. <laughs> yep, especially the ones at the local uh, uh, grocery store here that I shop at. They they give you a, they give you your full and you walk through, but it's nice. It's nice talking to them. Yeah, you get to know them by yeah. name. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Beats robots. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, the old self checkout. I just talked to the register. Yeah. <laughs> um, so going into a little bit of. The situation then. So not going to talk about purchasing a business because I've never purchased a business. Tyler, I can't imagine you've ever purchased a business unless I'm mistaken. That is correct. Yeah. So more so talk about the experience partnering with a competitor. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's kind of the situation I'm in, but I wouldn't even say uh, it's a competitor. It's more of a collaboration. I think it can be beneficial. And I think you got to think about the direction that you're going and what the partnership or collaboration, whatever it is, is the goal with it. Because when I first started out, I didn't know about this at the time. And then I watched some YouTube videos and then it gave me the idea. I'm like, oh, that's actually a pretty pretty cool idea is being a white label. And then going to other marketing agencies that don't have Google ad offerings and being like, hey, you have clients I have Google ads experience. If you want to white label them out to me, you can charge your clients. I'll run the, I'll run them. And then you just take a portion of that and you don't have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah. that that was one of the partnerships that I was actually thinking about. I I tried to email in a couple people. I didn't hear back, but yeah, I only sent out like two. <laughs> and I think the the key to all of this, if you are going to do any sort of partnership or any sort of uh, collaboration, is one aligning the goals, like you said. You know, they obviously want to fulfill their services to their clients, and you also want clients yourself. So aligning your goals, making sure that where they want to go and where you want to go if you combine forces that it gets there. And then the other thing I'd say is being super transparent up front about, Hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, now you tell me what you want to do and see if it actually works. Because I feel like if you're trying to hide your agenda or hide what you want to do, it's a lot harder to make it be successful. Did you find that there was any of that stuff going on with you and your current partner? No, that's where uh, I was super excited because, you know, it was transparency from the beginning. Um, every time we had a conversation, it was like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, all the documents, everything is outlined. I have access to them. So that's where if it hadn't been like that, it would be a little bit more shady. But I think the transparency is probably the biggest thing. Has there been anything shady that you have noticed? Anything no. small? Big? No. No. And that's where, you know, that's sunshine and roses so far. Pretty much. I mean, just some things I've learned along the way that's, you know, it's going to take a lot more time than we thought. When we originally met, we wanted to do a one year transition where um, we're each taking a little bit of a different role. So he would focus more on the client communication side, the production side, the sales side. And then I would manage a lot of the production, which is the shooting, the editing, all of that fun stuff. And it's just over the last year, which I think I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been more so figuring out how to work together and getting that symbiotic relationship going rather than the actual transition phase of delegating tasks. So that's one thing I've learned is that, yes, you can be hopeful that these things are going to take X amount of time, but maybe tack on a little bit longer because things take a lot longer than you think. Definitely. Yeah. There's, that's with everything in life. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I learned is that structure when you're – either you're purchasing a business, which I can't speak on because I've never done it, or partnering, uh, the structure is going to save everything. The more structure you have to a deal, uh, whether it's legally binding or just verbally, and you guys are obviously both you know, holding your end of the deal, the more structure you have, the more smooth it's going to be. Because at the very beginning, we didn't have crazy structure. It was more of, okay, this is the, the end goal. Here's what we're going to try to do. Um, and it worked, it was fine, but the more conversations we had of, okay, let's start looking at the, the budgets together and let's start, um, you know, out not outsourcing, but let's start figuring out the percentages of what we're going to get here and there. That's helped a lot more. We're not at the point where we're dividing things up by percentages, but we're having those conversations. Um, but those are things you learn in that first little bit of time. Like I said, it's going to take a lot longer. You Unless at the very beginning you have a legal contract that's like, this is exactly how we're going to do it. But I feel like in, in my situation, it's hard to be like, okay, let's get a lawyer in here and put pen to paper. Yeah. What do you mean? Like if, if at the very beginning he's like, hey, I want to make this transition of, you know, I want to get out of the business a little bit and push these clients to you. Um, it's hard to then be like, okay, let's get a lawyer, have something drafted up. Because he's still wondering how it's going to go, what this transition is going to look like. Uh, he doesn't really know the length of how long this is going to take. Obviously, he still needs to make some money to make a living, but he wants to focus mm -hmm. his tasks on other places. So that little trial period, that little trial run was necessary on my end. And I wonder, I wonder how often it's really necessary to do a trial run. So what did the trial run look like? Just more so the working together aspect of things. So it's like, how are we going to work together? Cause we had worked on projects previously. Uh, but you know, that's more so, Hey, will you show up and shoot? Awesome. Here's the footage. Talk to you in a month when you need me. Whereas this <laughs> is more so, you know, we talk two, three times a week, have conversations. We're talking about, Hey, this is what we got for this client. Hey, here's what the budget's going to look like here. Uh, how many shoot days can we get here? Whereas that trial period it's figuring out, is it, and that's another thing I have on the notes here. Is it a good cultural fit? Are we both similar in the ways that we work, similar in the ways that we deliver the videos, in this case, to the clients? Uh, and once we found out, okay, this is a good partnership, you know, it's everything's kind of the same. Uh, the client's not experiencing very much, turn, not turnover, what's the word? You know, change of what they're getting. 
Uh, it's very similar. Everything looks good. Um, that's when it's, okay, let's figure out a structure of how we can transition this, which is that's where we're at now. Do you think that's necessary, though? I don't think I feel like for all, not all fields. Yeah, because I was thinking if your process and your partner's profit process that you're going to be merging or acquiring is different, I don't think it's necessary that they should be the same because if you have a better and smoother process, then it's just making your, the clients that you're, uh, what's the word absorbing, they just got to get used to it. And then you, you, you got to walk them through the process, be like, okay, it's going to be switching up a little bit, but this process is proven. It's a lot more smooth. And because you don't want to change your pro like, like you, not you didn't really say it, but you don't really want to change your process if um, to their process. Yeah, which that wouldn't happen. I'm just saying, is it similar? As long as mm-hmm. it's similar where it's not like, hey, uh, we're shooting these brand videos and then they're going to give the clients and everything is 100% different. Then it's like, you're throwing me into a drying machine here and just tumbling me around. But if it's like, yeah, oh, it's it's a it's a industry. yeah, it's a pretty seamless uh, transition. Um, and I was wondering while you're saying that, I wonder if it's better to almost do these quote unquote trial runs if it's both people that are in it are in the same like he's never bought a business or sold a business that that I'm aware of, and neither have I. So it's like okay, we're doing this together. Whereas if maybe I had bought 15 businesses before and I go in there, I'm not going to want a trial run. I'm just going to say I want to purchase it. Right. Right. You'd have a lot more experience. Yeah. And you know how, know all the intricacies, what goes into it. You have all the connections already, and you know what to expect. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the I was having a conversation after this morning with a third party that does a lot, of, has bought multiple businesses and uh, does some financial planning where he mentioned, if, if you want me to come in on this and help mediate things, you sure can. Um I don't think I'm going to go that route yet. Maybe it'll get to that if it ever gets to like a legal time when you want to actually flesh out major details. But sometimes a third party might be good to just someone with more experience that has went through the process. It's beneficial for both parties. Have you had anyone on my not business podcast that's done some mergers and acquisitions or any lawyers of that nature? I've had one lawyer on, so he does business stuff. Um, so I could always give him a call. I think he, I don't know if that's exactly in his realm, um, but I assume it would be. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the only lawyer person I've ever had on. So no mergers and acquisition type person. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, the guy that I'm mentioning, not the lawyer, but the other guy I spoke to, he's purchased multiple businesses and I assume has the connections for mergers and acquisitions. So I could definitely use his resources. Um, but yeah, he said, if I help you out with the deal, uh, you just have to give me free production. I said, it's a good deal to me. I'll give you some free videos. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. I don't think we're going to go that route yet, but, you know, maybe at the end of 2024 when he says, hey, I we've done this transition. A lot of the clients are speaking with you now, and I'm focusing on sales. That's when we go ahead and have that conversation of the acquisition where it's, okay, for the next three years, you're going to get X amount of percent until um, – it's over or until the three years are over and then you're on your own or whatever that might be. So that's uh, I'm thinking is something that will be down the road, but it's good to have those people in your back pocket. So I don't think you answered my question from earlier. Is he going to be, so are you absor- absorbing his company and he's going to be an employee of your company? No. So, so there's no, like, there's no like benefit media is absorbing this entity. It's more so, Hey, these clients are just going to then be put into your process and all of the like billing is going to come from you, all the documents, all Bennett Creative Media branded, um, and then it just won't come from his company. He's keeping his company open because he still has other work that he's going to do on the movie and TV side. It's just more so pushing these mm. clients into my process. So he wouldn't be an employee. He'd be like a 1099 contractor for Bennett Creative Media. Gotcha. Yeah. As as far as I as far as I know, I mean, I'll, we're going to talk about it again on Monday, and we'll get more information. But that's kind of where we were at um, last time we spoke about it. Get more information to see if he's being transparent and honest. Yeah, which I think he is. But then again, I believe everything I see on the internet and trust everybody I talk to. So, <laughs> it'd be an you issue. got it. <laughs> it's more fun that way. True. It's more fun that way. Right. 
But yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, again, this episode, it's not like we wanted to give you advice on how to purchase a business or uh, what to do, but just some things that I've learned, some things that I'm going through. Maybe you guys are getting into a partnership of that nature. And those are some things you can think about, you know, make sure that your goals are aligned, make sure you're being transparent. Um, Think about a third party uh, and then kind of go from there. So you mentioned at the start of your business, do you currently say in five, 10 years, do you have any more growth opportunities, strategies, ideas that you'll be implementing in the future? That's a great question, Tyler. I'm not sure if I have any that, you know, top of my head, like I want to implement this. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe you should start thinking about that. Yeah, I should. It's a good idea. Maybe we should do an episode on time, time frames, time horizons. Cause I'm not good at it and I need to get better at it. Maybe doing an episode on it and talking about it. Yeah. I'll do better with that and start thinking more about five, 10 plus years out. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to think what they would be. I mean, growth opportunities, obviously I think more retainer clients is always good, but that's just like getting any clients. So I don't know if that's a growth opportunity, a growth opportunity to be like purchasing another business. You mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think ideas. here's maybe an answer I have uh, there. And we probably talked about this over a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago, but uh, building out the services that w- we offer. So right now it's all video stuff, photo, yep. photo here and there, but maybe it branches into, you know, we absorb a company that does Google ads. And then we, we have that tacked onto the backside where, yeah, we're creating these videos, but now we have the infrastructure to, actually implement them into ads and landing pages and stuff like that. So that could be a growth opportunity. Um, I don't know if that would be a purchase of a firm that does that, or if it would be hiring someone on that focuses in-house with that. Um, Obviously probably easier to hire someone, probably cheaper. But if you have Mm -hmm. the infrastructure already built from a different company, might cost you a little bit more upfront, but it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot easier. So that's, that's, I mean, I've yeah. thought about that. That's, that's definitely, I guess you could say that's a growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Just varying your services up. I know they talk about niching down, but I think you're getting to the point where you are mastering your art and then maybe it is just hiring other people and they become master of that. And then it's just an additional tack on. Yeah. Upsell. I think it's important to, to niche down in the beginning for sure. Like, okay, we do strictly photo, we do strictly video, but the bigger you grow, um, you know, Apple probably started with one product and then they moved into now they got phones, computers, iPads, watches, they got everything, but they started with, uh, the iPhone or the iPod. What did they start with? The iPhone was the first one, right? Or Mac, maybe maybe it's Macintosh. Yeah. Macintosh. So they started with a computer and then they, they branched out. So, I think you can definitely need <laughs> definitely didn't start with the iPod. Yeah. I feel like that's only like a 10, 15 yeah. year ago thing. That'd be crazy. The iPods the, first. The Macintosh has been around for like 40 years, I think 40, yeah. 50 years. Yeah. So they started that with one the and then first thing. branched out. Whereas if you start with have video, have you seen Steve jobs? I have actually, it's a good movie. That's a or good, good documentary movie, movie type is. thing. Yeah. But yeah, you can niche down in the beginning and then as you grow growth opportunities, you can start to add on different branches, especially the ones that, you're paying people to do anyways. Like right now I pay people to do landing pages. If a client wants to do a landing page to push, 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 <laughs> to push people there. Um, and it's good, you know, maybe that one day there's an in-house guy that can do that. So then you don't have to hire the landing page guy, you know? <laughs> so you cut out there and I heard absolutely nothing. And then you came back in and you're like landing page guy, you know? <laughs> so okay. I have no idea what you said, but I agree. Yeah. Um, you probably should agree. <laughs> um, it was pretty much just it's all these 1099 contractors that you can start to hire those people in house, like a Google ads guy. If I was to hire you for a project to run it, if I just had that branch on the yeah. company, then it's White a lot labeling. easier. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I might email some, video production companies and be like, yo, I'll do this for <laughs> I'll start with BCM. There you go. Um, yeah, I'll see. I, it's so hard to be like pitching that. Like, I'd love to be like, oh, right. we work together. And then I go in there and be like, oh, we can do Google ads. Cause like, I'm, I got to mm-hmm. first things first. I got to sell the video, you know, but right. the clients that you work with where you're like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. Now we're going to add this. Now we're going to add this. Then you can build that relationship. Be like, Hey, 
have you ever thought about doing Google Ads? So I think that's more of a yeah. a relationship builder instead of those beginning conversations. I think it could pair well because you could run, say, YouTube ads with the videos that you create and you create ad-specific videos and then you also create videos that go on that specific landing page that it brings them to and then you only run, say you got a Minot chiropractor, you only run those ads on YouTube in Minot. I, yeah. I think that's potentially a good idea. And I, I think from what I've heard in the past, YouTube's actually a really good business to run ads on because I think you only pay if they watch more than 15 seconds. Yeah. Which is really interesting. And I do want to get a client to skip this damn ad. I do want to, uh, I do want to do find a client that is willing to test that because a lot of these things I'm pitching, it's like, Hey, you should do this. You should test it. I should. You want to do the ad? You want to be the ad guy? I'll I'll try it out. There you go. If it works for there, then we can test run it. We can start. We'll do a trial run. Perfect trial run. I love it. <laughs> trial run. Yeah. Growth opportunities. We'll do a trial run on yourself. And that's the best way to do it because then you're, then you're like, this is a proven process that I tried on myself. Yeah. And you'd and be like, here like, are the results right here. Because I already, part about I already have is, the idea and structure. If, I just got to film it. Yeah. And the best part about that is if you end up landing a client through that, it's like, how did I get you? Yeah. And they're like, well, I saw your video on YouTube and then I clicked the 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 ad and then i got on this page and then i saw another video and then i ended up converting because i really like that it's like that's exactly what we're doing for that'd you. that'd be the shortest sales call ever you call and be like okay you want to do right. it and they're like do what i'm like exactly what you just fell for <laughs> <laughs> gotcha yeah and they're like ah, i guess because that's that's the biggest flex is that like well i, I don't know if it's gonna work I'm it like, works literally worked on you so why can't right. it work for other people I, I think like it would that. only be for specific types of businesses, though. I like, I don't like your big oil companies. I don't that you work with. I don't know how they would. What I don't even no. know who their target audience is. Well, it'd be you know, there's specific things you could do. Like if they were doing a recruiting ad, if they were trying to get employees or yeah. something, you know. That's fair. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's because that's one limitation I had when I started doing a lot of this stuff. It's like, oh, why why should this company need video? And then I think every company needs video in some way, shape, or form. Because I was like, yeah, what does an oil company need? Well, they need recruitment videos. Okay, what does an insurance company need? Well, they need training videos for when they hire someone new on. You know what I mean? Yeah, so a little green guy. Um, all right, anything else, Tyler, before we go into this week's uh, business idea? No, it's everything. Cool. All right, uh, your week this week for a business idea, what do you got for us? I don't know if I said this in the past, but... I like the coffee idea that I I came up with a long time ago. Like you and I, we'll we'll get to a point where we're financially free and then it's just kind of like a passion and we'll do that. But this one, I think, I think this idea is already a thing. Maybe not. Um, I think you sent me something like this, but it's called build a brand and maybe you could pitch it to like some entrepreneur TV show, or maybe you could just run it as like a YouTube um, series or maybe doc Netflix documentary or something like that. Yeah. But basically it's bringing in business experts and I guess it's kind of similar to what Alex is doing. And then it's just, uh, you're building a brand and you're documenting the process and maybe you're like a year behind. And then it's like everything that you released now was from last year. But at the same time, maybe you could follow on, say, like TikTok or Instagram, and those are like live updates. But then, like the actual show gets aired in a season late or a year later. I'm and thinking it's just like documenting the process. Yeah, I so the where this stemmed from, I think I sent it to you. Future, the brand, Chris Doe's brand, he created it, and it was like building a brand or something like that. It was twelve episodes, and I'm thinking this is a great idea. I could do, I could pitch this to someone now. Then a creative media could find someone in Minot that just started a business and say, Hey, yeah, we will. Do it for free, obviously. Uh, maybe we get some sponsors for it. That'd be good. I get, you know, mm-hmm. SRT sponsors it and then, you know, whatever else sponsors it. And you say, we'll create a 10-part series and we're going to build a brand for you. But you have to let like us film it. it. You have to let us document it and release it on our own. I like it. So then it shows our create process, our works. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look <laughs> at that. Look like what a that. BTS for the BTS. <laughs> oh, yeah. BTS for the BTS. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, because I like that. Or even you could do, you know, I'm having conversations with 
um, some city organizations that help like businesses. Maybe that's an idea I could pitch where it's like, Hey, we should build brands for people. And then they could just actually pay me to do that. And then obviously it's not under Bennett creative media posting, but uh, they can post it on their page to show, Hey, here's what we do for local organizations. There you go. Good we got idea, some new Tyler. ideas good for idea. you. Yeah. Give me like all it. the good ideas. But but I really like our because it's basically Dave Portnoy's one bite pizza, but it's for coffee. Yeah. I really like that idea. Coffee reviews. I'm not it's, gonna lie. The thing is, like, I'm so the coffee world's so crazy to me that it's like, do we just get straight black coffee everywhere we go, or does it? Oh yeah. Drinks, no, no, no. Americano. Americano. Ugh. Yeah. Tough. We'll do it. It's basically black. Yeah, I'll be old enough where I well, like black coffee. <laughs> the ori- yeah, the or- the coffee idea originally sparked from when I started drinking black coffee, and I was not like an experienced. I'm. St- I wouldn't say I'm like <laughs> an experienced yeah. coffee drinker by any means at this point, but it was basically I only had one black coffee at that time, and it's like, what if a bunch of coffee noobs went into coffee shops? And ranked coffee. Yep, <laughs> that don't that doesn't have any right ranking coffee. It's not, yeah, it's not a. But that's the that's what people want to see. You know, you don't want the the coffee perfect person to do it because they're not like you. It's not relatable. But if you're relatable to that's me true. and I walk in there and I try it and I'm like, if you don't have coffee, this is what it's going to taste like. <laughs> and then it's also ranking the environment and the Wi-Fi yep. and the customer service. So it's a little bit of everything. Soon enough, we'll be there. Unbiased. Soon enough, my boy. <laughs> we'll give it a few years. Yeah. That, that's our growth strategy. Yeah, that's our growth is. strategy for BCM. If I exit, I'm just going to do this. That's my exit <laughs> strategy. Hey, man. It's a nice way to travel and try out some new coffee. Oh, 100%. Uh, Tyler, anything else you got for us? Otherwise, uh, we can put a bow on this one. Let's put a bow on it. Cool. Um, all right. Question I gotta, mark. Yeah, I got to find my uh, <laughs> script here. That's episode 65 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. And if you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review wherever you are listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. The secret of leadership is simple. Do what you believe in. Paint a picture of the future. Go there. People will follow. Seth Godin.